This is Small Business as Usual, a program about the art of operating small enterprises and the issues faced by the owners. It's a presentation of the Community Economic Development Fund in Meriden, Connecticut. I'm Frederick Welk, a business advisor for CEDF clients. The Community Economic Development Fund is a nonprofit lender providing financing to qualified small businesses in Connecticut that can't obtain traditional bank financing. More about CEDF at the end of the program. This episode is about flexibility. What would you do if you had an idea for a business in an industry where you had spent 10 plus years of your career, then you meticulously planned, cautiously financed, and carefully launched your own enterprise? But it turned out to be all wrong for the market. Would you try to sell off the pieces, shut it down and walk away? Or or would you pivot and find another path? I went looking for someone who demonstrated this kind of flexibility, and the best part is he's doing fine now. My name is Robert Webb. I'm the owner of Charter Oak Scanning, based in the historic Velvet Mill in Stonington. We're in the business of capturing people's memories, those memories that are held on videos, photographs, slides, movie film, and other artifacts. It was interesting that when I had the concept of Charter Oak Scanning, it was based on my past experience. I had been in the document imaging business for over 10 years, uh, involved with IBM and my own business in the UK. So when I wanted to put this business together, uh, my first plan was to have a document scanning business because I had identified that there was a need. Uh, What I found very quickly was while I had identified a need and some of the people I had spoken to agreed that there was a need, the reality turned out to be somewhat different. The primary customers for document scanning are medical facilities, therapists, dentists, doctors, And the situation due to the Affordable Health Care Act was changing how those organizations manage their patient records. And there was a big consolidation. So where I had identified a business with a small amount of business-to-consumer market, we very quickly had to switch it the other way around so that we became a business-to-consumer company and the business-to-business side was very rapidly put on the back burner and has remained that way now for over four years. Switching from business-to-business to business-to-consumer kind of company required uh, some rapid changes in how we marketed our business, especially as a startup. I think it's very important when you have a business that's brand new is that you at least have an outline of how you're going to achieve your goals. But you have to be extremely flexible because the market changes and your plan has to adapt to those changes. And in our case, the change was that the business to business side was not going to give us the kind of revenue that we needed to ramp up. We had also set the business up with the kind of equipment that could also be used for other things. So instead of just scanning paper documents, we were able to scan photo prints, and then in turn, we were able to scan slides, 35 millimeter slides, and do it at a production level. When you switch from a business to consumer, from business to business, 
the average value of the orders changed quite dramatically. The plus side is that the payment cycle is faster when you're dealing with the consumer. The item is produced or you can either require a small deposit um, and full payment as soon as the project is completed. Uh, with document scanning that sometimes could be a much longer process, albeit the value per order was much higher. So we had to change our system of managing our business in terms of our overhead costs, our location, our marketing expenditure, and most importantly, our website and its implementation had to change, uh, do a complete turnaround. We hear so much about the virtues of being steadfast and determined in business, but this seems to be in opposition to the concept of flexibility. I asked Robert for his take on this and how important he thought the ability to change quickly might be. Well, I think you have to be flexible because your customers are come in all kinds of varieties, sizes, shapes, etc. So that requires your business to have the flexibility to meet the demand. And the demand is constantly changing. Not only is it changing from your customers, but also your competitors. And you have to be able to have a business model that's flexible enough to either absorb competition or be able to attack that competition on a level playing field. My biggest concern when we moved into the consumer market was after the investment in the website, which was substantial, startup costs are always twice as much as you originally planned. So while you can be steadfast in your goals and your ambitions, those shouldn't change. But how you achieve them, you have to constantly adapt because we're in a changing world. Technology, politics, people. It means you have to be quick on your feet to meet the next need. I think the, the speed of reaction is, is the most important business skill that I've developed over the last four years. It requires you, when you have your own business, to react quickly and decisively to changes in the pattern of, of your business. Otherwise, you can very easily continue to go down a particular path, causing expenditure which you can ill afford. And then you turn around and say, well, I've tried it for a year. Well, in that year, your competitors might have filled the space that you were in, and you would have utilized a lot of your working capital in an area that is not going to bear fruit. I felt like I see articles praising people who stick it out, but I couldn't think of entrepreneurs who earn praise for changing their minds. I wondered what risks lurked in the philosophy of flexibility. There is one individual, Richard Branson, a virgin, who has followed the flexible move. He has been involved in all sorts of products and services over his business life. Some of them have been extremely successful, some have not. He started his business in the record industry. He is no longer in the record industry because the business moved on. The technology changed it, so you have to be able to adapt. The risk can be that you miss out on the opportunity. There is a point where, is it six months, is it nine months, is it a year, when you turn around and say, okay, I have given this my best efforts, I've evaluated what I'm doing, and we are not getting the results that we expected. Now, does that happen in six months, nine months, or a year? It depends on the business. So it's a really hard question to answer. 
But I think if you're looking at your business as you should be constantly, you will be aware of that. You will see the trend change. And then you have to be flexible to move your business in another direction. Okay, Robert, from the time that you began the changes, how long did it take until you had adequate results? I would say that it probably took close to three years because that, it required that amount of time to adapt to change, also to penetrate new markets utilizing the same resources. And I think that's something that I've found from my past that I never thought I would be using, but I have, that this word flexibility means you have to have flexible staff, you have to have flexible equipment, your contractual agreements with people in terms of your environment, your rent uh, or other insurances, etc., has to be flexible so that you can be fleet of foot to take advantage of the opportunities that are out there utilizing your basic equipment and people. I can see how flexibility might appear to be the best option for a business, but there have to be some risks to this strategy. I wondered if experimenting and changing concepts leads to confusing and alienating customers. Providing you maintain the particular branding image that you started with, I believe that you can move your business into other areas because what are people actually purchasing from you? They usually are purchasing on the basis of trust. If you developed a brand that is trusted, then you're able to take that trust as part of the items in your toolbox for sales of whatever new line you wish to go in. Fair enough. Earning customers' trust can overcome a lot of different obstacles. But I was sure there must have been some missteps that were caused by Robert's need to flex the business concept. I asked him about this and what in his prior career had taught him to adopt an ethic of flexibility. There's an old saying that says, you know, half my marketing budget is wasted. Unfortunately, I don't know which half. I would certainly say that that is a, an area of where we made mistakes. And it is a very critical thing because that expenditure never comes back. You've spent it. So it's critical to try and get that right and be flexible with it so that you don't get involved in long-term marketing contracts. Especially in today's internet world, it's very tempting, very easy for people to encourage you to spend your limited capital uh, in a very scattergun approach. Certainly we found that in the beginning a challenge because once that money is committed, it is committed and you, you have to get through it and then make sure that you don't make those kind of commitments again. You want to maintain flexibility, but it's very tempting at the beginning because you have other things you want to do to say, well, okay, I'll, I'll write this contract for this piece of web site advertising for the next six months and then you're committed. And we found that we signed up for some contracts at the very beginning of the business that with hindsight weren't flexible, but we still had to make those payments every month, even though we weren't getting the business results from that expenditure. So in my past business career, I, I worked for a Swedish corporation that were constantly talking about the word flexibility. And one of the reasons they talked about flexibility was because within their own environment in Sweden for business and employment, it is a very inflexible structure. So it was very important to them that any businesses outside, and I was involved in their outside businesses in the UK 
France and Germany, they kept talking about flexibility because they wanted flexibility of the organization to be light on its feet, so therefore its overheads weren't fixed. So everything is always trying to avoid fixed overheads wherever possible. And that's the biggest lesson I have taken from the past into my current business environment is making sure that my fixed costs are extremely flexible and that's including the people because in the past it was sometimes difficult to get people to have a multi-function role within a business. People tended to feel comfortable uh, with a title and a really tight job description. For a growing business that's really difficult. You want to have people who understand what the goals are of the business and that's management's responsibility to make sure that that's plainly spoken and understood. Also, it's management's responsibility to give them the skills and, or help them get skills that would make them a flexible employee. Sometimes there's very little you can do about the fixed costs of the building that you're in. That's one of the biggest overhead costs and it's usually fixed for a period of time. Landlords like to have tenants that are around for the long term. It strikes me that flexibility in management can also run counter to a business's need to have a degree of operational discipline. I asked Robert about this and how he thought flexibility should fit into a business's culture. I think discipline is having focus on the discipline of the customer expectation. Because at the end of the day, it's the customer that pays for everything. And if you're not disciplined in how you manage your customers then you will pay for that financially. It will come and bite you. So as long as everybody, including employees, understand that the customer is king, and it's not just a cliche that you really mean it, that the customer is first, second, and third in everything that you do, then I believe that your results will be positive. And I often talk to people that work with me on the basis of, well, how do you want to be treated? Or can you tell me of an occasion recently where you went to a restaurant and you found the service poor or you know, the way the management handled the issue? You know, how would you feel? So that's what we call discipline. So it's discipline of understanding what the customer requires and how you can meet that expectation. That's the soul of the business, the heart has to come from the, the owners of the business. They're setting the criteria and they, they have to be able to articulate that to everybody that they're involved in and that this is how our business is perceived and we want it to be perceived. I think it starts with your business plan. You usually write a, a business plan at a point of vision. You have a lot of hope in your heart that what you're putting on paper is going to lead to success because you've stated your goals and how you wish to achieve them, what your capital investment is and so on. And, and with the wonders of technology now, we have spreadsheets that will give us a positive answer if we just tweak this or tweak that. And that's good. We all have to have that. But I think we also have to have that point where we say, well, what if? So the flexibility comes in writing the other business plan. What if? certain things don't happen as I plan. What is my alternative? And having that alternative until the point comes where your business has reached some of its critical 
goals. Then you can start flexing the vision that you have as to what are the other opportunities out there. Many thanks to Robert Webb for explaining how he used the philosophy of flexibility to preserve and grow his business. You can learn more about his company's offerings for preserving your family's memories at charteroakscanning.com. Thanks to Zapsplat.com for sound effects and Scott Holmes for music. Our theme is by Orchestral Movement of 1932. Small Business as Usual is presented by the Community Economic Development Fund, a nonprofit organization which provides enterprises in Connecticut with term loans, lines of credit, and commercial mortgages when they can't get traditional bank financing. For the fifth year in a row, we're Connecticut's top SBA microlender. We make business term loans at very nominal interest rates, as small as a few thousand dollars, and larger business loans too, from a pool of loan capital provided by many of the state's leading banks. There are geographic and or income qualification requirements for the borrowers. You can find out more about all of this at CEDF.com. And this episode of Small Business as Usual is available there. It's number 18-6. Robert, you've gotten so busy, I thought we'd never get this podcast recorded. But you have to be extremely flexible.